Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie and Hickey are here. Before we dive into everything, uh, Hickey put out a tweet that he's moving on to Grander Ventures in the end of July? Why do uh, I forget? Boots. They're boots, yeah. After Iowa. Yeah, they're boots. And the other news is Shannon is off doing her own thing, so... Uh, at least Frenchie and I will be kicking it down for the remainder of the year. And Let's get started with something a little different. Instead of doing a non-racing topic, we're going to start with a dad joke, because Hickey loves dad jokes. So, uh, Frenchie, why don't you go first, and, and what we'll do is we'll all give our jokes, doesn't matter if we like them or not, and then we'll put up a poll when the episode releases to see what you guys like the best. Or if this idea totally flops, you can all blame me. Okay. Um, so I guess let me go with my girlfriend and I share the same sense of humor. We have to because she doesn't have one. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Michelle, but I know you don't listen. <laughs> yeah, but now Cassie's going to text the group text that Michelle is in to listen to the first part of this episode. The only reason I know that I can say that is because Michelle does have a sense of humor. Okay. All right. I already back. Hey, <laughs> well, I had I had a couple other dad jokes, but I don't know. That, that seemed like m- most of them are actually kind of offensive that I felt like I couldn't say on the air. I, I sent next. those to host separately. Uh, Hickey, go ahead. All right. Well, I know I'm gonna piss off a particular group of people. Uh, what happened when the cow jumped over the barbed wire fence? Oh no. Okay. I don't know. Utter destruction. <laughs> <coughs> So if you're listening, PETA, to hell with you. Well, you kind of took away one of the subject matters of one of mine. I wrote down six because I just got on a roll before. So let's see well, here. Took away a PETA joke? No, no, it was a, uh, like, the uh, utter, you know, I'll save it for another week if we keep doing these. Uh, let's see here. Why did Spock want to use Captain Kirk's bathroom? Something about Klingons? Something no, mean? to see... No, to see the captain's log. Oh. Okay. You would divert to a poop, fart joke, whatever. Potty joke? Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. We'll save the others. I wrote down a bunch. There is a, a minefield of appropriate dad jokes on TikTok that I was just scrolling through earlier today. And dark ones, if you like those. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some real, some real screwed up ones. Don't get me wrong, but... So Detroit recap, news, 
Road America, it's a busy week, naturally, because all the news came out right after Hickey and I recorded last week. So, Hickey, I'll turn it over to you. Yes, so the very last race at Belle Isle took place. We'll, we'll get our thoughts on that in a, a second here, because I know we texted about that earlier on in the week, and there was a little bit of differing opinions, so I just want to kind of get our cards on the table. But the willpower redemption arc happened as they reminded us about seven times in the race willpower got screwed last year only seven yeah in one of the two races that was run so he uh got the strategy right and came home with a win and that last stint where he was on reds and the charging group was on the blacks was was pretty incredible by power so uh, well done to him I think he's now also in the championship lead, which is also yep. pretty incredible. So by three, Will Power, he's kind of uh, he's on a roll, and you know, Indy was an okay race for him. He salvaged a decent result, all things given. But now, you know, he seems to be trending in the right direction. So thoughts on his race, and you know, Joseph seemed pretty annoyed after that he finished fourth anything kind of team Penske dynamics there I don't think it's necessarily team Penske dynamics I think it's Joseph just pissed at the way the strategy played out in his race I think the guys who started on reds and you know where they go to like like 18 or 19 like it kind of worked but obviously finishing fourth isn't bad but it's not what you want when you are starting on the pole and you know last year he contended for a win before Pato passed him in the end so I get the, the frustration but Will Power man outside of Indy like Indy was his worst race of the year and I forget where he finished but it wasn't horrible 15th yes yeah, 15th okay so like not great but you know he, he with double points he kind of like kind of saves his ass a little bit there for for better or for worse but other than that he's been top five top seven probably every race this year so uh, obviously this is his first win but i mean he's in very good form right now and he also doesn't he also seems very grounded like he's you know in control of his emotions he's you know he has a goal in mind it's championship time and and he's focused he's having a polo like season i mean his results are third fourth 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 third 15th and first so that's pretty nuts to me. Whereas if you look at Newgarden, he has 16th, he won twice. Then it was 14th, 25th, 13th, and 4th. So if I'm Newgarden, I'm not necessarily mad at Will Power, but maybe I'm mad at my team or like the strategy calls or just some of the incidents that have happened to him because wasn't he also three laps away from winning one of the Detroit races last year when Pato passed him? The first one, yeah. Yeah, or so. Second one. Yeah, whatever. So he didn't get that redemption for the third win after, I mean, he finished 13th in the 500, which, again, wasn't really terrible, but wasn't great. So, I don't know. He's still up down there in fifth in the championship. He'll find his way up to the top three by the end of it, I think. But it'll be interesting to have two Penske's when we thought there were going to be three in the championship mix, but McLaughlin's kind of lost his way out of that. Yeah, Scotty Mack, it's... Uh... Ever since the first two races, there's kind of like the one or two mistakes in the race that, you know, it's not like the pit stop was three seconds longer. It's not like 
you know, oh no, we started on blacks when we should have started on reds. It's things like, oh, I spun, or oh, I hit the wall, or oh, I overshot yeah. the turn. So they're, they're very big mistakes that are costing McLaughlin and not just very minuscule ones that are minor setbacks. So, yeah, he's going to need to sort it out to get back in this championship hunt ASAP. Yeah, I think Power, for some reason, has been remarkably consistent this year, and he's also not had the same mechanical bullshit that usually plagues him two three times a year like he normally does. So that's super good. I was really nervous about his strategy with the Reds at the end because kind of like with Newgarden, you know, one safety – or yellow for the safety car. I've been playing too too much racing. One yellow flag there at the end, and you know he's completely screwed, and he's gonna have no. He's probably gonna finish tenth. So it was a really risky strategy to assume it was gonna go green to the end, but it obviously paid off for him. So those are the kind of breaks he's not been getting in the past that he seems to be getting this year. Uh, before we move on, I'm just curious for your guys' opinions. So if you go, let me pull up the championship standings here. I'm just curious what you think is kind of, and now granted we still have what, 10 races-ish left in the season, so a lot can change, but I think 10th in the standings is, is it Herta? It's Scott. Uh, McLaughlin. Um, so yeah. he's about 82 points back. So where where is the cutoff for championship contender? Is 82 about as much as you can... I mean, I don't... Herta and 11th would probably be my cutoff. Uh, mine's earlier on. I think it's 6th with Dixon. The only reason... And it, it's not necessarily Herta. I mean, Herta's got a couple tracks he's pretty strong at coming up. Uh, you know, Nashville's obviously should be circled on his calendar. But for McLaughlin, I think the one that he <laughs> needs to circle is Iowa because there's actually two races, which is there for a, you know, 500 lap or whatever double points race and Penske is very strong at that track so for that reason alone I think just because Iowa's a double points race I don't think McLaughlin's out of it quite yet as long as he can get there with some consistent top tens between now and then I mean obviously a podium here or there would definitely help but uh, Iowa poses a great chance for McLaughlin to get a lot of points I originally was kind of thinking like Rossi Pagano range seventh and eighth, but I mean that's only eight points difference to McLaughlin. So yeah, I think that's fair. Speaking of Rossi, are you guys surprised that he's the leading Andretti car of the championship right now? We were seeing Colton down at eleventh, and uh, where's Grosjean? Fourteenth, and Devlin is down in twenty fourth. I'm gonna say no, not at all. He's I mean, I'm, I would expect Herta to be the leading that team. Also, did have Devlin as last in the preseason uh, preseason preview. Throwing that in there, that's kind of an indie giveth, indie taketh away situation because Rossi was the only one that had a competent finish out of the team there. Yeah. So, I think it's a little inflated, but at the same time, he's also had some good runs as of late. So, the last month he's been pretty solid. He should have been a little higher in Barber even than, than where he ended up finishing. And the GP. Oh, yeah. I forgot the, about that the, race. The tired debacle. and Oh, let's yeah. go for the win. It's like, ah. Uh. Yeah, so kind of on that subject, he got properly hosed in qualifying by none other than his teammate, Roman Grosjean. 
Uh, best friends. Yeah, best friends. <laughs> and I saw a report saying that the tub that Grosjean crashed is going to be sent for inspection to see if it can possibly be sealed. If not, they're going to have to write that thing off. <sighs> not a not a good couple of weeks for Grosjean. So, obviously, Rossi was going to be potentially in the Fast 6, but ended up P last in the Fast 12, so he had to start 12. But they had a remarkable strategy, so... What was it like for you guys? Because for me, it was really refreshing to kind of get a glimpse at the old Alexander Rossi, something we haven't seen in quite a while. Absolutely. I mean, to see him, I really thought he was going to pull off the win somehow, but I was pretty mega impressed by just his ability to track down power, even though there was that tire differential. Just for him to put the car every lap be that many seconds faster, um, I mean, around Detroit, I, I was pretty impressed. I thought it was a sign, I hope, that he's got his kind of confidence back after a couple of good finishes and is a little bit out of the dumps with what we've been seeing. Because they kept harping on it on the broadcast that it's been 43 races since he last won in Road America, whatever that was, 2019, 20, right? 2019, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's just kind of refreshing to see that weight taken off his shoulders a little bit like get back on the podium because i don't he's been on the podium since then but i know that was a pretty commanding drive like that that was he could have won that for sure yeah it was it was definitely good to see i think some of his results this year have more than some of his results over the past at least the past two years yeah he's forced a few i think saint pete was that saint pete last year where you Crash the was at the end of 2020. Either way, yeah, you know, he he made a mistake. But for the most part, he's had some, you know, the, the pit crew hasn't helped him out. I mean, even best friend Cody Bray said in some group chat this weekend, is anybody else waiting for Rossi's crew to screw him over on the last stop? And you're kind of going, well, like you're holding your breath when that, when that, when that car goes in the pit lane. But... Yeah, it's really good. Good to see him battle, and you know, if that race is one more lap, it's he probably is coming away with the win. Yeah, it was. I I saw a hot take that said that now that his McLaren deal is signed or whatever, that he is that was the reason he finished second. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm still gonna go with like driving talent and good good strategy call. Part of you does have to wonder that now that he could publicly talk about the McLaren deal from here until the rest of the season that he doesn't have to put on this brave face anymore and say hey the team's doing a good job we're trying our best blah 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 you know all this PR nonsense he can actually you know speak his mind kind of be free with his opinion and and not have that cloud hanging over him for the rest of the year so I do think his morale should be going up for the rest of the year and that's only going to help him achieve better results but I don't think there was a correlation between the two this weekend no I wonder, I I don't know if Frenchie saw anything in the host, if you had access to any information on the media front. There was a, we'll say an inquiry about the finishing position of Simon Pagino. Uh, Renus VK had crashed on the final lap of the race from P10, and it, all purposes and signs show that Pagino was running 7th when that came out. However, he finished P9. And it, Erickson and Herta somehow jumped him. 
yeah. it sounded like Shank was under the impression there was a full course yellow. Did did Pagano get screwed or what it was did we ever get an official explanation or what happened? Yeah, essentially because he was not able to maintain pace car speed, he's deemed passable essentially by IndyCar rules is that you have to maintain pace car speed when there's pace car out and so you know let's just say pace car is 75 85 miles an hour pageant across the start finish line going 45 so they deemed those two passes legal and that was something associated press wrote about monday i believe so yeah that's i don't necessarily know if i agree with the rule but that's what the rule is was he like saving fuel or something or did he, he was have out damage? of fuel Huh? Yeah, he was he was out of fuel. Oh, when he crossed then, the line, he was barely had any. You know, he was he was on fumes. Then case closed. Why, why make a fuss? Yeah, I don't. I I understand making a fuss if you know it's one of those rules that like you. How often do you really need to think about it? I mean, what but, is this? The O two five hundred. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Frozen at the light yellow. Stop. Everything's done. Yeah. So you know, it is what it is. Two finishing positions isn't a huge deal. I know it's it's definitely frustrating, but I mean, if you can't maintain pace car speed, yeah, yeah, what can you do? I think that there's basically a non-issue there. If he had no, I once you said the thing about fuel, then whatever you can pass him. If you're out of fuel, I'm sorry, but then you're you're gonna be stopped on the racetrack momentarily, so you're just kind of in the way. So if you didn't get the fuel number right. You know, and you're you're on the last lap. You were gonna run out of fuel, and if Renus hadn't crashed, you would have definitely been passed. So, either way, I think it's okay that he lost those two spots. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I said one could argue that if there wasn't the yellow, he would have been finishing fifteenth instead of ninth. So maybe it was just one of those shut up and take what you get, <coughs> and don't screw up your strategy next time. Shank. Just highlighting some of the other ones. Yeah. Dixon, P3. Well done to him. Uh, good recovery after a brutal finish to 500. Pato, P5. Continuing to be very consistent after a poor start to the year. Uh, Polo, P6. After a uncharacteristically poor qualifying effort starting 18th. Erickson sort of kicking the trend of completely sucking after winning the Indy 500 with P7, so not terrible. Herta, 8th. Pagano ninth, and then Rosenquist, who started on the last row in the midst of all of this talk about the third McLaren seat, which we will touch on later in the episode, uh, did at least recovered to a P10 asterisk. I mean, it wasn't going to be P11 until VK crashed. So, But he's in the top 10 in the championship, so I guess how much slander can I throw his way? But somebody that wasn't in that top 10 who was on their way to contending for a top 10 was Kyle Kirkwood, who had a very good weekend led the first practice crashed in the second practice after a minor mechanical hiccup and then he qualified 15th but was one of those that charged through the field on blacks and was really primed for a decent result until he crashed but what did when we're going to talk about his contract coming up in a second as well but what did we leave the weekend thinking of kyle kirkwood's performance Gosh, I don't know why any race car driver tries to race when they have a sore wrist. I was just thinking of how I could work that in somehow while you were talking. So I'm glad you <laughs> I kind of figured you would. I thought there was like a pause there for a moment where you were trying to figure it out. 
But no, I mean, that was, listen, Kyle Kirkwood is getting every ounce of performance out of that Foyt car that he can get. So he was probably going to finish somewhere in the, I don't know, 7 to 10 range. Because I don't think he was going to be able to make the Reds last like Will Power did. And that's nothing against Kyle. I think that's just Will Power has 14, 15 years of experience and Kirkwood doesn't. So, and you know, I, I think that was as gutsy of a performance as we've seen, I don't know, maybe in a couple of years since you know, Newgarden broke his collarbone in 2016, 2017? Uh, 16. In Texas? Yeah. So, but yeah, super impressed. Hey, if he hadn't crashed, then, I mean, he would have ended up actually ahead of his teammates. Instead, he's right, because he crashed, he's right there with the other two of them. So, I don't think Foy could be that mad that he crashed. They should be really proud of what he was able to do with the car. And I mean, you can give him a little bit of a break, number one, because he's a rookie. And this is, I guess, what, his second time going to Detroit because he swept Indy Lights there last year. But, I mean, first time in an IndyCar yeah. at Detroit, it's bumpy. You can kind of give him a break for crashing, but then especially if he's already, you know, driving while sort of injured, not in full control maybe, or not able to get the, the same level of grip or leverage on the steering wheel. So, I don't know. Coming out with a 24th, that result does definitely not reflect what I think his talent showed over the weekend and kind of his grit and toughness. Yeah, host, I haven't been medically cleared to do media work this weekend, so just FYI. Oh, we're going to have to get you a golf cart or something. Oh, well, yeah, if you want to buy me a golf cart for the weekend, that'd be great. <laughs> Can we get some? Do we, have, do we know anybody who's just, like, willing to give us, like, $400 for a golf cart this weekend? Because that would be yeah. awesome. I really don't feel like walking around. You know, that should be one of those things where if, if you're a person who spends $400 a year for the golf cart at Road America, you should take another $400 and set it aside. And after going to Road America for about five years, you would be able to just buy your own golf cart. Fair. Or just buy us a golf cart. And every year when we're at Road America, I will let you use the PLP golf cart still. What if you just rent, like, Lime or Bird scooters for the entire weekend? That can't add up to $400, right? I want to get an electric scooter literally just for the weekend. Like, I want to buy one keeping it in my garage for 361 days a year and then bust just for road america or i could use it for dog walking because i'm lazy i don't blame me on that one uh, when i was little i used to str- uh, i used to strap yeah, on rollerblades and probably. let my dog pull me around the neighborhood well i did one in denver and i remarkably didn't die and that was my first time doing it so and that's a city i've never been to and didn't know like oh there's a street end oh oh there's a brick wall yeah so kirkwood yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty remarkable, and I haven't been that excited watching a Foyt car in a long time. So, uh, good on him. Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. I don't know what to do with this team. I mean, we had such high hopes for them before the year. They somehow got worse. Uh, Indy was terrible, and then you go to a street course, and you're like, well, maybe they'll recover. And Lungard qualified 19th, Harvey 20th, Ray Hall. 23rd and Ray Hall smacked the wall on lap 2 lap 3 maybe right I was just making sure I got their group positions right yes that's yeah. right um, yeah so Ray Hall crashes pretty much immediately into the race uh, hits his rear tire on the wall in turn 2 
Uh, so he's done, and then through just not dying or making mistakes, Mungard and Harvey got 14th and 15th. But I can pretty much confidently say that right now the only teams that are worse than them are Boyt and Yunkos, and that's really not a category you want to be in. Oh, and you kind of like... You expected Foyt to be where they are. Yunkos, you expect Every Every pretty much to be down there. You know, the flashes of excitement, but for the most part, you know, a young team. Before the year, we probably expected Ray Hall to maybe not be in the big three, but around the big three. And they are at the wrong end of the big... They're the, they're the little three, or something like that. But, I don't know, that might have been... That might have been too harsh, but, I mean, yeah, our buddy George was asking us in the group text, like, what's going on with them, you know, it's not a lot, it just feels like they are consistently off of not only the qualifying pace, but race pace. Graham Rayall hasn't charged through the field as much as he has in years past. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I don't think they're spreading themselves too thin with three cars, because they did it four, five, six times last year, and Santino was able to bring home that car okay most races, I think, and, you know, Longard had his, not Indy GP, the other, you know, one of the other 18 races on the Indy road course where he qualified, you know, second or third, finished 12th or 13th or something like that, so that's impressive. I don't know exactly what it is this year, but they are just consistently not good the last time graham won <coughs> believe it or not was the double that when he swept detroit in 2017 it's been that long since he won i just looked it up so i mean ray hall has won since then right with takuma a couple times but take him away from the team and yeah they really haven't won or really performed all that well I don't know what happened to them at the 500 this year, especially given what everyone was saying about, oh, Graham had a car that he was going to win with last year until the they didn't put the tire on right. So I don't know if that's just like people wanted him to win and were projecting Graham because it's like a legacy driver or if they really were that good. He, I he had a and, good chance. Yeah, I mean, I mean it he, seemed like he did, but... He cycled out say? to P3 and had a fast car. I mean, it's if, okay. shoulds, coulds, woulds, but... Um, I thought he was definitely in contention for sure. But um, they've just, I don't know what happened now. Yeah. And at least usually, you can, usually you can kind of Graham to do something. And obviously he didn't have his whole race play out with this crash. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sad. It's a pretty sad state of affairs there. We were pretty high on them. It's not over yet. I went looking for our drunk hot take episode piece of paper. And I don't know if I left it at lightings. I'm pretty oh. sure I had said at one point that I thought Ray Hall was gonna be big three this year. So I think you uh, did. One one of us did. Sounds, sounds about right. Because right now the team order is Ganassi minus Johnson, Penske, and McLaren, and then half yeah. of Andretti, followed by Coyne and Carpenter. Reasonable. I mean, reasonable. debatable, but reasonable reasonable kind of a, a hierarchy maybe not necessarily an order per se but those teams are yeah. kind of all in yeah, the yeah, same yeah. areas unfortunately ray hall is not in that category right now and that's really sad but hopefully 
they can figure it out in the offseason. This season might be a tough sledding for the rest of the way. Would you say they are the – would you say right now they are more disappointing than Andretti overall or in terms of just team disappointment this year? Um, well, with Andretti, it seems like a lot of self-inflicted errors are costing them. I mean, we have said this for years that the – what is it, the 29 car? What is Devlin even? 29, 26? Yeah, 29. 29. The 29 car has just been a walking disaster for years. From Marco to Hinch and now to Devlin, it's just been a terrible entry. It's been cursed. Um, so I had the expectations for that car coming into the year were zero for me. So that's not really surprising. It's it's kind of like Jimmy Johnson's entry. Like I don't really put that into Ganassi per se. Like the rest of Ganassi right. is doing a, an incredible job. Uh, but then there's just been mistakes from Grosjean, mistakes from Herta costly strategy decisions for Rossi and Herta. Um, it's just a lot of those errors I think could be avoided on the Andretti part, which makes it even worse almost than just flat out sucking. So I don't know if I agree with that actually. You'd rather think, flat out suck than like shoot yourself in the foot? No, no, no. I think it was Ray Hall is worse because if you don't even oh, know y- yeah, Ray Hall's worse. I don't. Sorry, oh, okay. I don't know if that was, oh, I, I'm sorry if I missed out on your question. Yeah, Ray Hall's worse right now for sure. But okay. um, it's like Andretti could be at McLaren level if they didn't yeah. shoot themselves in the foot all the time. Not even knowing why you're being terrible is is I think yes, yeah, so much more disappointing than what Andretti's doing right now because I think Andretti could easily have a good rest of the season if they get their act together a little bit. Like they could improve. It's stuff they can work on. Whereas Ray Hall is kind of like, I don't know, Williams, where they're just so lost at right now that they're just going to, like, scrap everything and have to restart. Yeah, as much grief as I give Foyt, they are consistent. Belle Isle, are we going to miss it? The more I thought about it, the less I... I mean, the last couple years have produced some very good... some pretty good races, but it's... No, I, I... I'm more intrigued by the city layout than I gave myself credit for when we talked the other day. Kind of talking about it with my dad was like, all right, you know, maybe there's more to it than I'm thinking. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I've heard like seven different answers. I heard a yes, no, maybe, oh, the new layout's going to be great. Like, which, which which one are we sticking with here? <laughs> the I thought something was wrong with your eye. No, I was like, yeah, I what are we a, saying right now? I thought you were having a seizure or something. No, I'm okay. <laughs> I am her. more intrigued by the new layout than I originally was. And while I kind of will miss Bell Isle, I'll get over it. So, no. All right, Frenchie. The only thing I'm going to miss about it is that I never got the chance to go to a race there, which is kind of disappointing. Like, I never got to visit. But other than that, I don't really care now. I think... Uh, I don't think necessarily that downtown Detroit is going to produce any better racing, but I think the backdrop will be more exciting for the cameras and for TV coverage. Maybe to be there, I'm not sure, but we'll see. What did they? They started racing there in 1992, so they've been racing at Belle Isle for like a year longer than I've been alive. So it's kind of weird to see it go, but. Uh, yeah, I guess all all things have to come to an end. We have to switch things up sometimes. To host and next- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. 1992, you were retired. Why have you not been to Belle Isle every year? I got nothing for you. Do you know who won their first race there? Bobby Yeah. No, no, no. He won the first race there, but who won their first race there? Oh, uh, Elio? Yeah, our favorite. I just wanted to put that in there. I'll do, like, Elio facts because you used to do Danica facts. I'm going to start <laughs> doing Elio facts just to trigger Matt until he, until he bows out. Until I, what, quit? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I can't force you to you quit. Say it one more time. Leaving. I'm going to quit. <laughs> it's so sad. Stop rubbing it in. Well, it's like, for me, Belle Isle is like that student in school that moved away halfway through the year. Nobody talked to the kid or, like, understood where he was coming from and maybe just didn't approach him very much. But as soon as he's gone, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to miss him so much. He was a good dude. It's like. All these drivers and whatnot saying, like, oh, there's so many corners in Belle Isle that are so unique that you can't get anywhere else, and we're going to miss it, and it's it's great. It's, like, really, because for the last five years, all I've heard about is, oh, it's bumpy, and, oh, there's only one passing zone, and, ah, and it's, like, really, like, which is it? Like, we're just saying this because it's the last race, or do we actually mean this? So You know who's happy? All the park people who are, like, really against us. I was thinking about that, too. Defacing their the, nature by racing just, there. Just wait till the noise complaints next year. So, yeah, I mean... To me, there are two cool parts of Belle Isle. There's the fountain that you celebrate in, and there's turn three. Other than that, I'm really not going to miss it all that much. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. And we're going to segue that into this part that Host touched on, and we'll start with Frenchie. The new layout, which they kind of officially announced now, finally, or whatever. I mean, they had renderings before, but then they had one for the broadcast, and some official artist uh, kind of backdrop renderings and whatnot and then i think on monday the pace car guy was there to announce it all and do a display what do you think of the layout now we're heading into that officially next year i don't know you equated road america with monaco i'm gonna equate downtown detroit with monaco and just leave that there because i think that's pretty much the same what did i hang on a second road america to monaco remind me I've said some I thought you said something about how it's. I thought you said something about how it's just as like glamorous one time and somebody. Oh, is that Vegas? Misinter- oh, Vegas, not Monaco. Whatever. Okay. I was like, hang on a second. I've said some stupid shit before. I don't think I compared Road America and Monaco. All right. Well, I'm just yeah, gonna compare we, Detroit we, and Monaco and just say that you know. Oh I'm yeah, 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 yeah. So, so if Elkhart Lake is like Vegas, then Detroit is like Monaco. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I guess I messed that up because I forgot that it was Vegas, not Monaco, but you get what hey, my meaning. There's a Buffalo Wild Wings within walking distance of the track now. 
in downtown Detroit. Wow. Yeah, Monaco could never. Wow, yeah. That's like almost the same as the casino. <laughs> it's basically I love it. It's their casino square. But imagine, I mean, uh, when Detroit in like the 80s used to be probably one of the highest crime cities of the US and they were still racing there. At least it's going to be better than that. Is it? I mean, it's come a long way from where it was. Supplemental security packages now. It's come a long way from where it was. I hope they buy the supplemental security package. (laughs) But all joking aside, Frenchie, what do you think of the the layout compared to, you know, Belle Isle or other street courses you've seen recently? It doesn't do that much for me. I mean, it's just a lot of what looks like 90-degree corners. Let me pull up the layout again, but... uh, I don't know. I think your, your IndyCar does correct. well on street courses, but I think this will probably be the most anonymous street course that we have because we have Long Beach, which kind of got some cool parts to it. And then I think St. Pete's cool because it's got the street layout, but it's also got the airport component. So I don't – and Nashville, it's got the bridge. Like what's going to be the cool part of Detroit that makes it stand out? GM headquarters? Yeah, the, that big black like towers. It's that cool. looks like some kind of evil Star Wars headquarters. No, it's cool. What are you talking about? With the Ren Center? Is you that what it's called, Penske right? a banner from that. I don't know what it's called, but it looks cool. I'm, I'm being yeah, really mean cool to a person. city that I've only been to its airport, so I'm sorry anyone who lives in Detroit. Yeah. I guess i got to get the full experience. Maybe don't go next year. Cause I, don't I watched Beverly Hills Cop, and that's, that's where I, everything I know about Detroit is from the beginning of that movie. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. Well, on that note, yeah, the, the layout... At first, I was like, it looks super boring, but some maybe some you know street course with some longer straights and you know a couple ninety degree turns will induce some more passing zones. Maybe it'll spice things up. It'll definitely be, I, I shouldn't say definitely, there's a potential it will be less of a you know tire wear battle like it's been the last few years of Belle Isle. But I, at first, I was very against the split pit lane concept i I mean assuming that's what they're doing in the graphic which is what it looks like but now i'm kind of intrigued because you what if somebody forgets where what pit box they're in you know like they go the wrong way or you know like and i'm sure that probably probably won't happen but i don't know probably looks pretty cool to to see you know in person and on tv and uh i needed my dad to convince me of that one when we were talking earlier today so i don't know i'm I think it could be pretty good. I don't think it's going to be boring or anonymous or anything like that. There's, it, it, it will surprise us in some way. So I think the drivers are going to hate it because I think it's going to be pretty boring for them to race. But I think it's yeah. going to put on a hell of a show. It, it's giving me kind of, it's giving me huge Baltimore vibes. If Baltimore's layout wasn't completely Baltimore. terrible, oh. I mean, Baltimore was like the. No, it was the best race of the year, and it created such anarchy that it was fun. But there was, like, portions of that track that just made no sense on paper. Like, why would you go over a railroad track? Or the part that led into the Camden Yards that was, like, they had yeah. to add yeah. a chicane. I'm like, what are we doing here? Or, you know, I think it was the first <laughs> practice in 2011 where Briscoe just smoked the wall or whatever. It's like, what, what? who thought this was a good idea? Uh Detroit doesn't give me that vibe at all. It's like it's like everything you see there, like that does look like a good idea for a race. Now, is it a good race track? No, but will it be entertaining? Probably. So that's where I'm really excited for it because I think it's going to be 
a little bit of a anarchy show and those tend to be some of my more favorite races so time will tell i guess anarchy you guys are convincing me i gotta go to detroit next year it always falls on my birthday so i wouldn't show up you're gonna get shot yeah, you're definitely you're definitely you just like when I don't show up. I'm gonna get why am I gonna get shot? You because just slandered of what I said. it for you five sh- minutes. You're because you just shit on Detroit for the first five minutes of that segment. I yeah, mean, but I, I love watched, the rest of Michigan. I watched Hardcore Pond. Doesn't mean I know what that's what that's what in Detroit Baltimore? is. Is Hardcore Pond? The, you know, have, did you see that Hardcore Pond the show on TLC all those years ago where it's like I know you're talking stars about. except like people bring in like used radios instead. Yeah, yeah I've seen <laughs> that. That's in Detroit. I thought that was Detroit. Hang on. I thought that, I didn't think it was Bar- Baltimore. It was. No, it, the, it might not be. But hardcore pond. Where are they now? Is the first result? All in jail. Probably. It's yeah, because you know, like Pawn Stars, they all have like kind of like a lovey-dovey family dynamic. Like, sure, they give each other shit, but at the end of the day, they're all like really close. Versus like this family, I could see them just like backstabbing each other. Rain so this is like a real Pawn story. Yeah, Detroit, like... Michigan's eight-mile road corridor. <laughs> oh nice. God. So, no, I am not basing my whole Detroit experience off of that show, even though that would be incredible because that show was so bad for so many reasons. Anywho, uh, predictions. Uh-huh. It's so frustrating. I had Power and Newgarden, first and fourth, and then Ray Hall. <laughs> oh. Fuck. Are you kidding me? So my average was 10.3. Yeah, host, I'm not sure about this. Uh, were you cheating last week or what? You had Rossi, Pato, Pelos, the second, fifth, and sixth. Wow, that's pretty good for me. Especially since one of the the last one had to be someone like what outside the top twelve in the championship. So that's kind of annoying. Yeah. Rossi finished second. So you got an average of four point three. So I'm not even gonna say congratulations. Just shit a brick or Salty. something. Salty. Salty. Whatever. Driver of the day, disappointment of the day, real quick before we get on to a couple more before we get to Road America. Driver of the day, Rossi recovers from a you know qualifying that was really not his fault where he started, but probably his best performance maybe since his Road America win because he could have easily won that race. So you know, all in all, a really good and needed weekend for Rossi. Okay, I'm going to say Pato because he's really consistent there. So, I mean, what is he finished first and third last year, and now he's got a fifth. So he finished just right where he qualified, just kept it. Right up there towards the front. Good result. <laughs> he finished second at the 500. He's got the momentum. Yeah, momentum. Um, I would say, I would say Pelot recovering from 18th was nothing to frown at. So that's that's about as good as he could have done given where they qualified. That was my that was my backup pick. Uh, disappointment, McLaughlin. That really just spin and or you know overshoot the corner and. He hit the wall too, right? Brushed it, yeah. Or am I making that up? Yeah. Give it a little brush. Yeah. 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 So he's uh, he's in a little bit of a cold streak. I don't think he's a bad driver or anything. Just in a little bit of a rut right now, and he'll get it going again. But definitely disappointing weekend. My disappointment's gonna be Renus. I don't know what's going on, but he's because he looks fast, but he just can't seem to, I guess, keep it out of the wall right now. So he's gotta get it back under control. Yeah, I'm going to go with Graham. We expect better out of him at Belle Isle. It's one of his better tracks, so to go out in that sort of fashion is not not great. Some news. Okay, so the announcement that Rossi was going to McLaren was official. We were shocked. 
I tell you, we were beside ourselves. Wow. And then Kyle Kirkwood is off to take his seat, which was actually announced before the Rossi move, which I thought was kind of like a PR funny, like a <laughs> like there's some subtle shade there. And then uh, the third, well, Rossi's going to the third seat, but so we'll say the third unconfirmed seat for McLaren. There was a report that the team was pursuing Alex Pillow, which nobody that we knew had anything to say about that as far as having traction behind that. So we kind of just dismissed it. And it sounds like Felix might be in a little bit of trouble, but as one of my friends says, there's a lot of game left player. Still a lot of season left. Maybe he can save it. Who knows? But I think we can probably confidently say it's not going to be below. Correct? Yes. I would go as far to say the third seat there next year will not be somebody who's currently a, it will not be who's in the seven car oh that's who's in the seven car right being now? Led. i don't know who that is felix yeah i'm just being a smart ass oh i didn't get it through there frenchy <laughs> bit hard on that one yeah your your dry cert humor was too real for me there sorry well it's funny because uh Kanan tweeted something about how the World's going to stop when they announce the third driver, and everybody kind of instantly went to Ricardo, but I highly doubt that as well. <laughs> I don't think so either. As much, as cool as I think it would be to to see Danny Rick in, in an IndyCar paddock and get a get a good chance to talk to him, I don't see it actually happening. Yeah. So uh, Santino Ferrucci subbed in for Callum Eilat at Detroit. Didn't have a notable day, but uh, it is – Tuesday, and we don't know if Ilot is in for Road America. I'm kind of leaning on it's probably not going to happen. It didn't seem I think like it's it. going to happen. You think so? Yes, I do. I don't. It's just a gut feeling based on the way when they interviewed him during the race, how he was kind of talking about it. Like, yeah, it's. It, listen, you know, we, we know injured drivers can never put on a good performance, and, you know, especially if medical clears them, they should still stay at least 500 miles away from the racetrack but i think he'll <laughs> he'll be okay for this weekend i think it's important that when medical clears him he better not be putting anybody at risk if he steps in the car yeah you got to back away and think about all of the squirrels near the racetrack edge and everything that might happen if you get a little loose french is like what did i just walk into no i'm just trying to make sure that i'm not walking into another sarcastic trap Oh, that I didn't interpret correctly, but I, I know what you're uh, talking about this weird, time. Yeah, say we are joking. I, I trust uh, Cal Mylot if given the medical clearance to make his own decisions because he's a professional race car driver, and I'm I usually not. trust doctors to have medical expertise that I don't. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. So, yeah. What a weird. You must have not gone through the pandemic correctly. <laughs> yeah, you screwed up. Some, screwed up somewhere. One. Let's see. We talked about. Yeah. One more item before we get to Road America. Max Verstappen very brazenly said that he thinks the Indy 500 is too risky to race. Lando Norris wasn't as, we'll say, direct, and he just said he would rather do the 24 Hours of Le Mans. I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to take the actually the opposite opinion of what most people are saying. Like, you know, I, I disagree with Max. Like, yes, the Indy 500 is definitely more dangerous than most races out there. However, if you were Max Verstappen, at this point in your career, why would you even bother? You're getting paid 
untold amounts of millions of dollars to race for one of the best teams in Formula One, and your contract can pretty much be as long as you want it to be. Uh, and then you can, if you wanted to, you could retire at 33 and float in an island for the rest of your life. So I actually don't have any quarrels with him saying, I don't want to race the Indy 500. I have no issue with it. It's not like he was like, F the Indy 500, this is a stupid race. He was like, listen, it's a little too dangerous for my liking. Probably not going to take part in it. Okay, that's fine. You're not, you don't. You don't have to be comfortable and want to try it just because you're a race car driver. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. It's cool. Yeah, Sorry, I agree. Was that too positive? Not enough doom and gloom. I haven't, I haven't been very doomy and gloomy today. This is weird because I, you know, the internet didn't take kindly to his. Well, let's say the internet, any car internet, did not take kindly to his response. No, no. I have to and gloom to add in real quick. Okay, I go just for it. Yeah. Let's go. So, Mr. do we internet think that user. the uh, that the Gallagher sponsorship on Scott McLaughlin's car was the curse this weekend. Is that why Max Chilton just always sucked? And it's like a curse. Should we start that rumor that it's the Gallagher thing that just failed him? The curse of Gallagher? Yeah, they're if the doom we, and gloom. Um, if we throw a Gallagher sticker on our uh, golf cart, will it inevitably break down at some point? It will end up in It'll whatever the nearest lake is. It'll fall off the Sargento Bridge. Uh, that too alright well on that note Road America um, I don't know if you guys just want to bounce and I'll just take over from here and talk for half an hour about Road America yeah just let me take it it was actually funny I was texting Cassie Johnson before the show I'm like I'm really tired it's been a long couple of days I'm just gonna like hit record turn off my microphone and like lean back and take a nap for 45 minutes so uh, by all means i'm still ready to do that i mean i actually don't have too much to say um i'm like too excited to talk about it almost i'm leaving thursday after lunch taking half day um meet me at seedkins yeah i mean sunday night we're going to seedkins uh thursday Thursday. night friday night saturday night we'll be (laughs) living it up in turn one um I'll be at Seepkins Thursday, but not Sunday. I expect a lot of photo content sent to me this weekend from you guys, since I can't be there. Sorry, Hickey, I have to go to the that? beach instead. It, you're not going to be with us Thursday night? Where are you going Thursday night? <laughs> I'm going to the same place every night. Uh, no, one, I baby. Yeah, I will not be there Thursday night. I will be in my Airbnb. Sad. Well, uh, yeah, so for... I mean, just if you need any questions, whatever, just... DM me on Twitter, Hickey93. Um, I can try to point some stuff out to you, but I think the absolute musts are double broad sandwich, uh, corn on the cob, go get Seepkins, go get Spotted Cow on tap. Um, and at Road America's, when the cars are on the track, there's not really any bad places to watch them. Uh, Thunder Valley is a good one. Turn 5 is a good one. Um, you know, there's certain aspects of Turn 1 that are super cool. For those who maybe don't know, where is Thunder Valley? Thunder Valley is between Canada Corner and the final corner. It's a little before the final corner. It's where you see a lot of drivers go off before they get to the final corner because it's a really tough off-camber corner. So you get a, if you're looking at it from the right angle, you can really see pretty much every car that goes through, like getting squirrely through that corner. Um, 
I forget the name of the straightaway, but the one that leads up to Canada Corner after the kink is a lot of fun. Um, the carousel, when you look at it from a certain angle, is a lot of fun. I mean, there's really not a bad, especially in practice. The race, you know, if you are looking for certain parts of action, there's better places to watch it. But in practice and qualifying, like everywhere you watch from is a good place to watch. So uh, you can't really go wrong. bunch of support series coming out too, so there should be a lot of action kind of throughout the day. Uh, but just, yeah, bring a friend, bring some beer, stop at your local store, get some Spotted Cow. Uh, paddock is open for everybody. There's no fee to get in, so that's always a plus. Gives fans great access, good food everywhere. Can't say enough nice things about it. It's best week in the year. Yeah, the food anywhere is amazing. And my girlfriend and her family are going, and they're like, where, what like food stand should we go to in there? I'm like, I really can't give you Turn like a five, good one. Lions Club, Lions Den, something like that. Yeah, or, and then Parker I'm Johns like, in the paddock. Parker, Park, I couldn't remember what the full name. I said Parker something. Yeah, uh, and those we'll the wings we had last year was was really good. Parker Johnstown. And yep. Ha. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. They got the burger called cool. the Tor Takagi. <laughs> <laughs> But I will, I will be at Seedkins Thursday night because PLP is sponsoring the band that is playing during the concert at the concert during That's the opening cool. uh, during the opening I don't know weekend thing they do for for charity there. What kind of band is it? Like a rock hard? Was it a hardcore I, like I do, metal I, band? Because I, that's what you like. Literally couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I I have never listened to them. What if they don't use foul language? Their name host. Our names attached to that. Yeah. That's fine. What if you don't I, like the music? Because we never swear on this podcast ever. I don't. I don't care if you like the music or not. Bring Just back a mixtape for me at least. Then I'm gonna go to that concert and be like, I hate this band, therefore I hate PLP. You're just Oof. gonna quit on the spot. <laughs> there you go. What is host gonna do? Fire me? Yeah, it's just it's gonna be a great time. If you if or if you want to meet up with us, just let us know. If you have any questions, just DM me. As far as the race, uh, the only really notable thing, well, I guess Calamilot still TBD. Well tweet something out once we find out uh and then beth peretta and simona di silvestro are back this weekend so Yay. we're looking forward to seeing them at the track we saw beth a bunch of times uh for the month of may just kind of around and doing some media obligations and whatnot so it's going to be cool to see them back in pit lane in conjunction with ed carpenter racing so that's cool this is their first of three races on the year i don't really have a whole lot else on the news front for road america do you guys have anything you want to throw in before we get to predictions should be a interesting battle to see you know it's another one where you could do a two-stop or a three-stop and and see which one wins and i don't think we're going to see like a 2019 where you know rossi won by like 42 seconds or 24 seconds or something ridiculous but you know last year we had polo passing new garden after new garden had a gearbox issue or something like that on the last lap or two two re- two two laps to go so the the races the last couple of years there have been really good so you're in for a treat whether you're there or you're watching on big nbc you know it's back on the regular nbc this week so we don't have to fret about usa network for for a couple weeks oh thank to. goodness the ratings will yeah. be back up oh my gosh so yeah. important it's actually something I will, we've actually never really talked about ratings in this podcast and i appreciate that about us yeah, I just don't, like, it is what it is. It'll be fine. The world is not ending. IndyCar is not ending. 
Yeah. So. Um, I guess one thing I did want to point out too is that the yellow flag history at Road America is usually very low. I think in, if yeah. we get more than one, that's a miracle. Um, and or something catastrophically went wrong. And the weather's looking really if good, the, so it's not going to be a wet race. Um, it's going to be beautiful this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, which I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, so strategy here is super important. And also one thing that's incredibly important is the fact that the pit lane is so long that it accounts for a huge part of your delta, which means that most drivers will all be making the same amount of stops, barring damage, cut tires, etc. So You'll that's see a few one. guys go off strategy early, but for the most part, it's, yeah. it's just so tough to do a three stop there if everybody else yeah. is doing two stop because you have to Didn't make Shank up like do something weird off strategy last year. They they stayed out with like I can't remember. I think the fuel window there is fifteen to seventeen laps or something, and they had nineteen laps to go, and they tried to make it. It was like there was yeah, no. Yeah, they did like the last twenty laps when there was a restart. They tried yeah. to keep it going. Yeah, there's just no hope. So that's another thing too is that the windows are really tight because it's such a long racetrack with a lot of 100% throttle that if you miscalculate and go one extra lap when you can't do it, you're completely toast. So, I mean, I know there's other tracks that are just like, you know, if you go one lap longer at Belle Isle, you're screwed too, but Belle Isle is a 2.2-mile track versus a 4-mile track or whatever. So, uh, pitch strategy... At Road America is always massively important, so it's important the team get that right. Okay, picks. Uh, host, you went first last week. I guess we have French here. French, you can go second. I'm going to go first. I'm picking Polo. Uh, Frenchy, just so you're aware, the last pick that you make has to be somebody outside the top 15 in the points. So okay. you can pick anybody that's not Polo. Um. Let's say that Pato will do well again this weekend. Host? I will take Newgarden. And? I will take Rossi. Frenchie, back to you. For my second pick is going to be... Uh, let's say that Marcus has a good weekend again, too. Or a better weekend in America. I will say... Willpower, and then outside the top 15 in points probably gives me oodles of great options here. Not picking Elio. <laughs> I'm going to take... <laughs> oh, come on. I'm going to take Kyle Kirkwood. Don't let me down, buddy. I want to pick Lungard, but I'm not because it's a Ray Hall car. So instead, I'm going to pick Sato. I will take Jack Harvey. Oh, Ray Hall car gamble. Like, I'll take that Ray Hall car. <laughs> nice. Uh, Might as well give it a shot. So, yeah, Host and I will be there this weekend. And if you want to come drink on a night, if you're camping at the track, just let me know. Or if you need any tips, just message me. If you want to say hi to Host, just message him. Should be a great time. Um, yeah. Can't wait to recap it all when we get back. Yeah. If you're there, say hi, please. We like saying hi to people. Well, I do. Hickey's kind of a cranky old man. Excuse you. He's and like a social butterfly. What are you talking about? I know. I just had to make fun. I have to make. I have to get this in while I can. I'm a and, mean uh, person. I'll be there by dinner time ish on Thursday, depending on 
traffic. If I can get through Chicago, are you coming to the track Thursday? Or are you just coming to Elkhart Lake. Uh, TBD probably just to just to Siebkins. I don't think I'm gonna get there in time to have any need to go to the track. I think they might set up Thursday, so I might just poke my head around the paddock real quick. Yes, they do because the Road Dandy has their first practice, even though they call it test session of the weekend on Thursday. So at least at least the lower level does. I think it might just be USF and Indy Pro and maybe Radical Cup. But don't hold me to that. I haven't looked at the schedule. And yeah. Yeah. Rock on Radical Cup. Time to make some bets on Radical Cup after the and day. And then not over. know the winner. <laughs> yeah. And then not know the winner. And yeah. I think that's about everything. So everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.